the streets of gold, they're going to want to be digging up those bricks in the streets of gold and steal them. If God brings some alcohol-saturated mind, some tobacco-saturated person to heaven who is not willing to surrender that to Christ, they will be looking for that in heaven. You see, if God brings some thief to heaven, some murderer to heaven, just a change of geography is not going to change their heart. So God wants to change our hearts here and now. What do you say? This is the time to get serious for Christ. This is the time to be ready for his soon return. The Bible says, Revelation 20, verse 6, Blessed and holy is he who has the part in the first resurrection over the such the second death has no power. If you are born once and you lived before the coming of Jesus and die, you will only die once because the second coming of Christ will demolish the second death. You see, if we are born into this world once and then we die to self and we're born again, if we are born twice, we die once. If you are only born once and you die, you die twice. Did you get it? See, because if I don't give my life to Christ and I don't surrender my all to Him, I'm born into this world, but I die and go into the grave, but ultimately I'm resurrected to die the second time, and I'll tell you why that happened shortly. But blessed and holy is He who has part in the first resurrection because the second death cannot touch that person. Why not? Because Christ died on the cross, the second death for us. He bore the sin, the guilt, the shame for us. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and reign with him a thousand years. So the righteous are caught up with Christ. We reign with him for a thousand years. He's, the Bible says, I saw thrones, that's in heaven, for the righteous who took place in the first resurrection and they that sat on them. Judgment was committed to them. Judgment committed to them. The books were opened. What are the righteous doing in heaven for a thousand years when these books are opened? In my mind, I see Jesus stepping forward. And he says, could I have done anything else to save that person that was lost? I sent my Holy Spirit to them. I, I convicted them. I, I, I arranged providences or circumstances in their life. I did everything I could to save them. Could I have done anything else? Human beings are so precious to God that God has done everything he could to save every human being. And there during that thousand years, we sing, just and righteous are your ways, O Lord. If you would have brought them to heaven, they would have started the rebellion all over again. You did everything you could during the thousand years. We see anew the love of God. We see anew how God wanted to save every human being. And deep within our minds, we sense that his ways are right, that the way of obedience is the way of happiness. And deeply etched in our brains more than ever before is our loyalty to God. But we see something else there, too. During those thousand years, we may have questions that are unanswered. Why is it that I was abused? Somebody says it's a child. 
Why is it that I try to be a Christian, but my husband beat me so badly, some African woman says. Why is it that I lost a child at death? Why did my husband or wife die? Why did I get this terrible sickness? There are questions in this life that go unanswered. And all of our attempts to answer them fall short. In the unanswered questions of life, we know that the presence of God is with us to strengthen us. We know that we have the hope of the second coming of Christ. But we also know, we also know that during that thousand year period, we will get every question answered. And when we look back on our life, we will say, Lord, just and righteous are your ways, O Lord. That even the pain that took place in the brokenness of this world, where Satan tried to destroy me, even you use that pain, Lord, to draw me closer to you. The thousand years serve us to know God's will and ways better. Every question about his justice, every question about his love will be fully answered. So what happens during the millennial period? The righteous are in heaven. The wicked who are, remain dead. Satan and his angels are bound on earth, and earth remains desolate. But what happens at the end of those thousand years? Revelation 20, verse 5, the rest of the dead. Who are the rest of the dead? The ones that didn't reign with Christ in heaven on thrones. The wicked, the rest of the dead. Those that were in their graves when Jesus came, those that were destroyed by the brightness of his coming. But the rest of the dead did not live again till the thousand years were finished. So the wicked are resurrected. And as they are resurrected, they are resurrected in the second resurrection. Remember the Bible says, all that are in the graves shall hear his voice. Those that have done good to the resurrection of life. Those that have done evil to the resurrection of what? Damnation. The resurrection of life takes place at the beginning of the thousand years. The resurrection of damnation takes place at the when? End of the thousand years. The rest of the dead live not again till the thousand years were finished. Now the Bible says in Revelation 20, verse 7 and 8, when the thousand years were expired, what's that mean, expired, finished, Satan will be released from his prison. How can he be released from his prison? During the thousand years, there was nobody to tempt. He was chained in darkness. Now the wicked are resurrected. Now what does he do? He will go out to deceive the nations once more in from the four corners of the earth. Now look, when the wicked dead are resurrected, you would think that they would fall on their knees and say, Lord, we want to be saved. But wickedness is so indelibly written on their mind their hearts are so in rebellion that they listen to Satan and they join with him. The holy city begins to descend from heaven. Satan and the legions of the law see that city. And Satan says, this is our last chance. This is our last chance. The Bible says, Revelation 21 verse 2, Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, preserved as a bride adorned for her husband, the holy city begins to descend from heaven. As it's descending in its glory and in its splendor, John says, I heard a voice saying from heaven, 
Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them and be their God, and they shall be his people. God shall be with them. Imagine this scene. The holy city is descending from God out of heaven. God, the tabernacle of God is coming to earth. Jesus is going to remake this earth in its Edenic splendor. And as the holy city descends, Satan sees it descending. Satan, with all the hosts of evil, sees it descending. Satan says, this is our last chance. Satan says, let's attack that city. They begin to attack that glorious, righteous city. And the Bible tells us what happens. Revelation chapter 20, the Bible says, they went up on the breath of the earth. They surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. Satan says, let's, let's, let's take it now. But fire comes down from heaven and devours them. The fires of, of, of God's presence, our God is a consuming fire. The fire destroys Satan. The fire destroys evil. There is no more evil. It is destroyed. Evil will not last forever. Evil will not go on forever. Hell is the final destruction of the wicked, and the fires of hell purify the earth at the end of time, and the wicked are destroyed. Jesus Christ in your life will either be Lord of all or not Lord at all. You and I will either be in that city as it descends, praising God, or we'll be outside that city warring against God. There is no second chance. There is no second opportunity. When God consumes sin, he consumes those who cling to sin. Malachi chapter 4, verse 1, For behold, the day is coming. It's not here now. Hell's not some hot spot in the center of the earth. For behold, the day is coming. Burning like an oven, all the proud, all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day is coming, God says, when I shall burn them up. Revelation says they'll be devoured. Malachi says they'll be burned up, says the Lord of hosts. They will be left neither root nor branch. God is going to do a complete job. He's not going to leave a few people burning in hell or millions burning in hell that have been wicked. He's not going to leave them in some place. No, he's not going to leave them root or branch. You shall be trample upon the wicked, they shall be ashes under your feet, says the Lord God of hosts. The wicked will be turned to ashes. Burn they will not burn continually. They will not burn continually for millions and trillions of years. Hell is not a hot spot in the center of the earth. It is the final destruction of the wicked at the end of time. Would God really enjoy all eternity? with the redeemed if he was continually consciously of someone screaming wickedly in hell certainly not my mind could never comprehend a God that would burn people for millions and millions of years that's Satan's idea of God but I could understand how God would give every person a choice today He'd move upon their hearts today. He would touch their lives today. He would send his Holy Spirit to them. He would arrange circumstances in their life. He would bring them to meetings like this. It is no accident that you are here tonight. God brought you to this meeting.
because God does not want you consumed in the fires of hell at end time. He wants you to be saved and saved for eternity. The Bible says in Psalm 37 verse 20, but the wicked shall perish. Revelation says they'll be devoured. Malachi says they'll be burned up. David in Psalm says the wicked shall perish and the enemies of the Lord like the splendor of the meadows, shall vanish away. They shall vanish away and be no more. Think of it, to be consumed in the fires at the last day, to be gone, gone forever, when you could live forever, when you could rejoice around the throne of God forever. Think about it. You could be in that city tonight. Is any sin worth holding on to? The Bible says, now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth were passed away. There was no more sea. The entire universe in a sympathy of praise say, just and true are your ways, O oh God. One pulse of harmony and gladness beats throughout the vast creation and everything from the minutest atom to the most glorious flower to all the heavens sing. God is love, God is love, God is love. And we live with him through the ceaseless ages of eternity. He wants you to be with him forever. Will you make that decision tonight? Will you make that choice tonight that you want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, Lord of all? If that is your decision, would you stand tonight and say, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. Jesus, I want you to be Lord of all, wherever you are tonight, Uganda. Wherever you are tonight, Ethiopia. Wherever you are tonight, Tanzania. Wherever you are tonight, Rwanda. Kenya, Democratic Republic of Con Congo. Wherever you are tonight, Sudan. Wherever you are tonight, Juba. Stand tonight. Wherever you are tonight, say Jesus. I want you to be Lord of all. What is the symbol that we want Christ to be Lord of all? Jesus said, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. The symbol, the public symbol that you want Christ to be Lord of all, the public symbol that you want to live, for, live with him forever, the public symbol that you want to be in that holy city, the public symbol that he is reigning on the heart of your life is baptism. That's why tomorrow hundreds, thousands are going to be baptized tonight here in New Life. If you want to say, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of all. Jesus, I want to be in that city. Jesus, I don't want to be outside that city. Jesus, I don't want to battle against you. Jesus, I don't want to be consumed in the flames outside that city. 